He was the face of the New York Yankees and the most admired player in baseball. The captain tells the story of Derek Jeter's life and Hall of Fame career. Catch episode three on Thursday, July 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and streaming on ESPN+. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, present Soup with Coop. Cooper Manning invites players and coaches from across sports to share stories and laughs while enjoying a bowl of his guest's favorite soup. When the soup is finished, the conversation ends. That's Soup with Coop. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Adam Schefter Podcast. Back after a brief summer hiatus, and we are back this week with the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, a man who has been and will continue to be a head coaching candidate, Aaron Glenn. He'll join us to talk about the Detroit Lions defense, their hopes for the upcoming season, and whether the Lions can snap the longest playoff drought in the National Football League and win their first playoff game since the early 1990s. It's been a long time coming in Detroit, and Aaron Glenn and his defense will have a say in whether that streak can end. And, of course, this week, by the end of the week, every player from every team will be in training camp. Training camps will be in full swing. In fact, on Saturday on ESPN, we will have live coverage all day of training camps across the league on Saturday. But everybody this week is back to work. And yes, the marathon begins. I was on the phone with one front office executive this past week, and you could just hear the excitement and apprehension of starting six straight months of work. No days off, late nights, early mornings, constant events. It's all beginning this week with every team going to training camp. Football finally is back. And while it's back, we continue to wait for the decision from the federal judge, Sue L. Robinson, on Deshaun Watson. It would not be a surprise if that decision comes in this week as we tape this early Monday morning. On Monday, July 25th, there is a chance, a real chance, that we could be hearing from the judge this week about any discipline that will be handed down to Deshaun Watson. This could be the week, and I think there's a real feeling around the league, for whatever it's worth, uh, that a suspension will be handed down. Wouldn't surprise me if it was somewhere in the range of six to ten games. We'll see. I know the National Football League really wants to make sure that Deshaun Watson is not on the field for Week 12 when the Browns are scheduled to play the Houston Texans for whatever reason. That's important to the NFL. It does not want Watson on the field for the Week 12 matchup. So the league is looking for, obviously, an indefinite suspension of Watson. And the National Football League Players Association is fighting to keep that discipline as minimal as possible. There is also other quarterback news. We saw the big Kyler Murray contract extension get done last week. Cardinals and Murray working on that. Talks ramped up. Look, you could tell by the tone that Kyler Murray and his reps took throughout the offseason that there was a real chance that he was going to be difficult to deal with if that contract was not done in time for training camp. And that'll be true for a lot of players. They have to go to training camp these days. It's the way the collective bargaining agreement is structured. The penalties are too great if players stay away. But 
just because they show up doesn't mean that they have to go through practice. And so we'll probably wind up seeing new deals in the coming days or weeks for Derwin James, for Debo Samuel, for DK Metcalf, for other players out there angling for that big contract extension. And maybe the biggest of all, Lamar Jackson. I still think that by the time this season rolls around, that the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, will have the new deal that he seemed to avoid last season when the Ravens were willing to do the deal. But the numbers on these deals have gotten so high that it would be financially irresponsible of Lamar Jackson not to do an extension this summer before the season begins, particularly with the way that he plays the game and with his running style. So Lamar Jackson, who has admitted to the fact that he's had some talks with the Ravens, in my mind, has to amp it up, ramp it up, and get that deal done here by the time the season starts. I think we'll get a Lamar Jackson deal before the season begins, and it'll be just like some of these other quarterback deals that have come in this offseason, Kyler Murray's and Deshaun Watson's and Aaron Rodgers. That'll be the price range somewhere between, say, 42 and $48 million in that range. But that Jackson deal is just waiting to get done at some point in time. And of course, camps now, like we mentioned, are open. The Detroit Lions are going to camp. There's some excitement there with the selection of Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit, adding a little more juice to a Detroit defense that had some of it last season. And it'll be up to Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, to bring it out of this defense. Glenn had a decorated storied career as a former first-round draft pick, the 12th overall selection in 1994, played for the New York Jets, the Houston Texans, the Dallas Cowboys, the Jaguars, the Saints, before retiring as a player and then becoming a coach initially with the Cleveland Browns in 2014, then going to New Orleans in 2016, and he's been in Detroit since the start of the 2021 season. Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Hello, Aaron. What's going on, man? How you doing? How are you doing? I am doing well. Doing real. Just get myself uh, situated and ready for camp, man. It is time to get situated. It is time to get ready for camp. And I wanted to ask you, right? You've gone to camp yep. 15 times as a player, nine times <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. I've gone to camp every year since 1990, essentially. So I have a little bit of an idea, though you attack it at an entirely different level, physically and mentally. But what is it like? to be going to camp for your 25th summer, knowing everything that awaits you in the weeks and months ahead, Aaron? Well, obviously, the um, the way camp is uh, structured now, uh, things are a little different than when I was a player <laughs> in the Bill Parcell era, you know, um, which I knew exactly what I was getting into. Um, but now, man, I actually keep the same mentality. Um, I put myself in this bubble. And my wife know it, my kids know it. Um, I'm still a type of player, a uh, coach, as I was a player. To um, I stay in the hotel every time. I be around the players the whole time. And man, it's just about um, just bonding with the other coach and other players at that time. I think training camps is the best time there is to bond. Um, that's why I like, you know, for the most part, everybody in the hotel, everybody getting a chance to sit, sit around, and eat together, and all that. So, and I enjoy that, man. I I, I really do because you get a chance to know people uh, as a person, and then get a chance to talk as a as a football team. It does take a singular focus, and it is very different 
than when you went to camp as a player, the way that these players go through camp. I remember covering camp oh, no. in the early 1990s, two-a-days, pads, guys pounding on each other all the time. Yeah. And I don't think these guys, I don't know if they're aware of how, I don't say easy it is because it's not easy. No, it's never easy. <laughs> it, right. But how it, it is easier yeah. than it was when you were a player. Yep. And you know what? That's just that it, things change and the evolution of this game is always going to um, going to change. And, and we all have to understand that. Um, and again, just like you said, doesn't it, it doesn't make it any easier because uh, when you think about it, the season is a lot longer <laughs> now than when I was a player, too, though. Um, it seems like this thing is year round um, now, too. So um, the players have their own issues they have to deal with. But being able to. Uh, just give them advice on on the way that I attacked it um, can be somewhat different, but there are some similarities in that. And the, and the players really do respond to that. And I think it gives them an opportunity to uh, to learn and, and and understand how to take care of their bodies in this tough situation that you have in camp. And I hadn't thought about the longer season compared to what you went through because that extra week does add something on. And so there are challenges for today's players that you didn't have to face that are a little bit different. And like I said, I don't want to, diminish what these guys do because I have all the respect in the world. It's yeah. incredible what they put their bodies through. One of the reasons I wanted to reach out was because a couple of years ago when the Broncos were doing their general manager search, I called them and I said, what was your big takeaway? And they said, we got to talk to Aaron Glenn as a head coaching candidate. That's what they told me. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, they went on and on about that. And so when they were doing their head coaching search, I fully expected you to be at or near the top of their list. And you were there. You interviewed with the Broncos last year. And to me, uh, it's only a matter of time before your time comes. What would it mean for you to one day get one of these opportunities that you have been linked to, that people have been praising you about because your name continually has come back to me. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you today to connect because I wanted to hear who you are what yeah. you're about, and what it is that has left these people talking about you as a head coaching candidate. I know you're getting ready for the season and all that, but I just want to know a little bit about Aaron Glenn, the man and the coach. Well, I, I would say this first and foremost. I think my personality, um, I think that oozes out as far as, as, as a person and as a, uh, as a coach. And a lot of that has come from my background as far as a player. Um, I think the one thing that we hear in Detroit uh, that we talk about quite a bit is having grit. And I mean, that that's who I am as a person. That's who I am as a coach. That's who I am. That's who I was as a player. Um, Cause I was never the biggest guy. I was never the strongest guy, but I knew the one thing that I had to be able to do uh, better than you would be able to um, this part here. And I'm pointing at my heart had to be a lot bigger than yours. And to me, that's what I'm all about. And I take that right to coaching um, with the players and understand that, listen, I want the players to see how hard I work. Um, I want the players to, to understand that, um, man, this, this game is a lot bigger than guys running 4-4, guys running 4-3, guys 60. This, this game is a lot bigger than that. This, guy's, this game is about, man, can I, how many plays can I beat you? All right, if it's a 60-play uh, game, how many plays can I outlast you? And I try to make sure our players understand that. A couple of things that we talk about is playing with maximum effort, all right, getting the ball back um, and playing with violence, all right? And that's who I was as a player. And as a defensive coach, 
right? That's what I go about. So, and I think the players understand they see that. There's nothing fake about the way that I operate. And I think that's the one thing that players see. They know a fake when they see one. And the one thing that that I know they can all tell you, look, look, Coach Glenn's not fake. He's going to give you everything he got, and that's just who he is. He's not going to beat around the bush. He's going to tell you exactly what it is as a player. Uh, he's going to tell you exactly what he wants from you. Um, and when you mess up, he's going to tell you. When you do well, he's going to let you know that also. All right, now I think that's just who I am, and I don't get away from that. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Adam. So where does that heart and that grit come from? Um, I think a lot of how, how I grew up, all right? I didn't grow up with, with the best things that 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 every kid could, could want, but I grew up with what I needed, you know? So, um, and plus, man, it's, as a football player, I mean, I just know who I am. I mean, I'm 5'10", you know, <laughs> 185 pounds. You know, I wasn't supposed to be out there, and I will never get over 185, even to this day. I mean, I'm 183 right now, so – um, and that's not going to change, I don't think. Uh, so it's a big man's game. And I'm not considered a big man. But the thing that I do have, I have a heart bigger than yours, right? You can't measure that. One, the only thing you can see is how I operate. Well, you mentioned biggest and best, but you, did, you, mentioned, you didn't mention fastest. You were the fastest guy out there. Well, I could run a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't mention that part, Aaron, right? Like when you're 5'10", 185, and you're playing 15 NFL seasons, it helps to be as fast as you were. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? At the, the essence of this game um, is, is, is toughness, aggressive. Um, it's about one man whooping another man. All right? That's the essence of this game. And I think when you break it down in, in this in simplistic form to that of – each man winning his battle, but make sure you understand that in a team concept, all right, that allows you to be able to go out there and win games. And every player, no matter, I have an individual battle that I have to win. And I just knew as a player that, okay, what do I have that the other player, person don't have? Speed, quickness, all that, because I'm not the biggest guy, but how do I beat you every play? All right, and that's what I focused on as a player. Now, you did play 
for Bill Parcells, and you did play for Sean Payton and coach with Sean Payton. Can you tell me what you learn most from each one of those individuals? What I learned most, um, here, here's the one thing that, that Bill does a really good job of. Um, maximize every ounce of athleticism that you have in your body and try to bring that out. And whatever that is, man, just utilize that to the best of your ability. Don't try to be something that you're not. And that's one thing that he always talked about. Listen, I understand exactly who you are, and I'm going to use you exactly how I need to use you. I'm not going to use you like you're a 6'5", six, 6'2", corner, six, corner. I'm not going to use you like that. I'm going to understand exactly who you are, and I'm going to use you exactly how I need to use you. And I need you to make sure you understand that and know who you are, right? And you utilize, utilize skills that you have to be the best you can be. And that was something that, was, that, that taught me a lot as far as coaching, how, man, don't put a square peg in a circle. <laughs> you know, don't do that, right? Who is this guy? And make sure you utilize him that way. And I think that's the one thing that I talk to everyone of our players about, right? Charles Harris, for example, right? He was supposed to be this bust coming out of Missouri, all right? And I think he was in the league three years, three or four years, and things just didn't, didn't sit right with him. All right, the one thing I want to do with that player is figure out what he can do best, man, and put him in those positions. And he ended up having like nine and a half sacks for us. All right. And I think he lost his career. Um, so that's the one thing that that I learned from uh, from Bill that was pretty uh that was outstanding. Man, and Sean Payton, one of the best coaches I've ever been around. His ability to relate to players, his ability to utilize his players um in different schemes to make sure, man, he he was the one guy that said, listen, I'm going to fit the players to a certain scheme. I'm not going to have a scheme and say, this is what it is, you guys, you got to be good at it. And he did that, and he talked about that defensively also. There was a change, and I don't know if you guys remember, from that 2017 year going into 2000. Man, we totally changed the way we played defense. And a lot of that was because of how Coach Payton saw defense, right? And that was pretty amazing to me to have this offensive guy where I really understand defense and give us a vision of how we saw the defense being played, right? And we actually start to go that way, right? And you saw us really change as far as who we drafted, right? And then how we played also. I mean, it was a total change as far as the draft picks that we had. Any other mentors we're missing here other than Bill Parcells and Sean Payton, somebody that has had a huge impact on your life and your career, Aaron? Well, he was part of the, um, the Bill Parcells tree, and this is a, a a man I go see every off season. I stay with him for like three or four days. And man, we just talk ball. Um, it's outstanding. I love it because um, his passion for football has not changed at all. And that's Al Groh. All right. Oh wow. Be the uh, he was a head coach at Virginia. He was coaching with the Jets in the Parcells era when I was there. And man, his um, he's a scientist when it comes to football. All right. And there's a lot of things that, that I take from him as far as just schematics. Um, that's, that's, that's really good. That actually applies to the game today. All right. And to me, that's one of the things that you look at as a coach. Like you might have did something 20 years ago, but how does it apply to the game today? Because the game has changed. And there's a number of things that, that his um, schematics, right, that does apply. Um, so I really do enjoy going to see him. Uh, on a yearly basis to just talk football. Like, yeah, that is four days of eight in the morning to seven that night of talking football, man. It is outstanding. So when you leave 
your little visit with Al Groh, your annual visit, and you leave the lab, if you will. Yeah, that's what it is. What are you taking back to this year's Lions, an idea or a thought from that lab that will be shared with your team this upcoming season? Well, I would say this. This this was the um, the most important thing that came out of uh, this year's uh, lab discussion. You like that, um, right? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> you just look at the, at, at the direction of, of the passing game, right, in the NFL, and you just take it from seven years back, 10 years back. It doesn't matter. Man, the, the NFL is on a record like pace as far as passing yards, and it continues yep. to improve prove every year with these certain quarterbacks. Now the quarterbacks are pretty damn good in this league, but you wonder why the passing game has just exploded over these years. Obviously the rules has helped in that case, but I think there's, there, there's a couple of things that, um, that has been missing. All right. And the one thing that I want our guys to have an advantage of, and I call it the three D's and I actually talked to some of our rookies about it yesterday. The things that have gotten away from football is the first thing is do, being able to disrupt. All right. And the rules have it to now where I mean, you have that five yard area where you have to be able to get disrupt guys. So you have to utilize that. A lot of teams in this league are not utilizing that. Mm. Right. It's because of the way the rules are and because of the way the offenses now are getting these certain formations. That's not going to allow you to get there. Like all these condensed formations, you still have to utilize the ability to disrupt receivers coming off the line of scrimmage within the first five yards that are you're talking about yeah but you have to utilize that okay that's the one i call disrupt. the disrupt disrupt the next one is deny how do you put yourself in a position to deny the ball now a lot of that has to do with leverage all right of understanding leverage i think these days you have so many seven on seven cams it's almost like man i just got to stop you from catching it yeah you got to stop from catching it but where's your help where's your head where are bodies within the coverage where you can force a guy to a certain uh, defender, but put yourself in a deny position to take away something else. All right. So disrupt, deny, and then the last one is defend. So when you're in this position to deny, then how do you defend it? You have things called long arm, where you reach it with your long arm, short arm, where you reach it with your short arm. Um, when the receiver has his hands up, how are you defending that ball? And those are techniques that people really got away from. Um, and those are things that we think that we can have an advantage on if we understand the triple Ds disrupt deny and defend and that was just the research i did before i got there and i talked to him about it and he's like man that is outstanding that is out because it's true the league has gotten away from those things right that's why passing came has exploded over the last 10 years so we want to make sure that we can bring those things back um and that could be our, our advantage as the lions well that becomes your biggest challenge as a defensive coach is stopping the pass and it's become something of a fantasy world. And I think it drives the popularity of the game because so many people play fancy football. Now I know you don't care about fancy football, but all the people, a lot of the people who are watching it really do. And they want to see these inflated numbers, which gives you sleepless nights. Yep. And that's the way the league sort of operates right now. It's, that's, that's where it is. It's des- it's designed to take away your sleep. No doubt. No doubt. But then right? again, the defensive coach, Yo, my motto is, man, how do we get back to those days to where um, teams wasn't throwing for 400 yards a game? Like, how do you do it? Yes, the league has made it tough, all right, but it's our responsibility to figure out how can we get that back. And to me, those are ways that we can get that back. So how are we going to see the 2022 Detroit Lions 
disrupt, deny, and defend. Like, what is going to stand out about this defense to you being that you know it better than anybody? Well, here's the one thing that, that you're going to see and that showed up last year. Is our guys going to play hard. Right? And we call it playing with maximum effort. And we say this, if, if you don't play that way, then you're a traitor to this defense. All right. And the one thing I do like about that is the guys are actually saying that when they do talk to the media. Listen, if you don't play the way that we, you're a traitor to this defense. All right. The next thing you're going to see us attack the football. All right. This game is all about the ball. That's another thing that goes into this deny and defend. All right. How do you attack the football? All right. In every aspect that we're after, I don't care if you're throwing it. I don't care if you're running with it. I don't care if the quarterback has it. All right. We're after the football. Right. And the last one, man, we're going to be a violent, violent, disruptive mm -hmm. team. Right. The one thing that that defenses have, the, the one advantage that we have, the only advantage that we actually have is fear. That's the only advantage that we have. So we want to make you fear us. And listen, we're not saying we're going out there trying to hurt anybody, but we want to bring old school football back. To, we want to be we want to pound you. We want to play with violence. We want to make sure we attack the football and play fast. Well, why is that an advantage for you? Like, couldn't an offense put fear in your defense if it was that good? Like, you're playing Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't he well, put the fear in already there for offense because the way the rules are because these guys are, all right? Yeah. But our advantage is we make sure we knock the hell out of them every time. So they know that. They know that every time that, that, that the ball is ran or thrown, we're trying to knock the hell out of you, all right? And we want guys to see that on tape. And when you see that on tape, right, that's exactly telling you who we are. So we want to put the fear back in football in that case. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, Aaron, I'm a Michigan guy. Yeah. I got two questions about two guys in general, just status reports. Aiden Hutchinson, what you saw from him in rookie minicamps, and an Ohio State guy, Jeff Okuda, and whether we're optimistic that he'll be able to disrupt and I and defend this year for your Detroit defense. By the way, if we put Detroit defense in there, we up to five Ds in the three Ds, okay? <laughs> no doubt. Well, I would start with, uh, with Aiden first. Uh, the one thing that, that, um, that stuck out to me with Aiden actually having him in person, having him in camp, is just how athletic he is. I mean, we knew that he was a really good player coming out of Michigan. Uh, Michigan. Everybody saw that. Um, but, man, he's just – he's a way better athlete than we probably all gave him credit for. Uh, and his ability to move around, the defensive line was pretty outstanding. We moved, we played him inside. We played him outside. Um, and we saw this player be able to operate in space. We saw this player be able to operate on the edge. Um, so we want to utilize that. And he's a very, very smart player. But here's what I was – we're not putting him in the Hall of Fame just yet. I understand that. I, I've heard that line before from one of your mentors. There you go. We're not putting him in the Hall of Fame, <laughs> all right? But the fact of the matter is I, I think we got exactly what we thought we were going to get and probably a little bit more. 
than what we thought we were going to get. Ooh, that's encouraging. Yeah, Jeff Okuda. Again, not in the Hall of Fame, though. <laughs> Again, Jeff Okuda. Listen, this guy had a really, really good training camp last year. Really good training camp. Hmm. Now, we was with him that year, so that's that's what we know about Jeff. Obviously, we know about when he came out in the draft. We thought he was a pretty good player. Um but man, we have to make we we have to get this injury bug off him so he can end up playing for us. So we can see exactly what we got. The thing is, we think we know what we got, but we have to be able to see it. All right. But I'll tell you, I give this player credit for busting his ass in the offseason and trying to get exactly where he needs to get so he can end up playing for us. So I'm looking forward to him having a really good camp, just like he did last year. But I'm looking forward to him being on the field for 17 games for us this year, going to the playoffs. And that's realistic and within the expectations for where he's at right now? That's exactly the expectation for that player. All right, that's exactly the expectations. And he knows that, all right? And we challenge him to that. And the thing about him, he's going to accept the challenge. Be great to get him back for that defense. No doubt it is. And just like you said, disrupt, deny, defend. We need him to do that for us. Disrupt, deny, defend, Detroit defense. The Detroit defense disrupts denies and defense and you want to you want to put you want to have those the extra two in that don't you i do i just listen i'm i'm an alliterative guy so the more alliterative we can be aaron the happier i am right i got you i got now, you. you talked about the grit of detroit and i think it's been 30 years since the detroit lions have been to the playoffs it's the longest drought in the nfl now that the bengals went to the playoffs last year and advanced to the super bowl yeah. i did some research that i think it might be <clears throat> I think it might be the longest drought in all of sports. Yep. What will it take to get to the playoffs? And what would it mean to your organization and city to not have people like myself ask that ridiculous question year after year that just nags you? And I'm sorry to have to do it. Well, that's okay. Um, but doesn't that make for a really good story? Great one. It makes for a great story, doesn't it? All right. And the one thing that, that we're going to do, we're going to keep chopping wood. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep chopping wood. And the thing that we're going to do is we don't worry about all that stuff that's being said. So whatever's been, that, that's all, that's all good. But we do know this. When we do get there, it's going to make for a really good story. And that's all we care about. Is this team not to give anybody any blackboard material? Is this team capable, good enough to make that kind of run and have that type of season? This year, well, I think at this point of the season, every, every team's good enough. It's just how you operate during the season, right? What's the mindset doing it? Because everybody's going to hit adversity, and to me, it's the teams that can actually handle that adversity um, as they go through the season are the ones that that that's going to hold up and be the ones that's going to be in a tournament. All right, at the end of the season, so our job is man handle adversity, play as hard as we can, and man let the chips fall. All right, keep it that simple. Handle adversity, play as hard as we can, and let the chips fall. Well, we're here, Aaron. It's time for camp. Your 10th no one as a coach, having gone 15 as a player. I appreciate you taking some time before you go to camp here to speak yeah. to me about yourself and the season. I enjoyed it. I see why people talk about you the way they do. Wish you the best of luck this season and with the things that are also ahead in the future. Well, I appreciate you. Really do. There is the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, Aaron Glenn, a man who has been a top head coaching candidate list in each of the past couple of off seasons and is expected to be in that spot again as one of the head coaching candidates who is likely to land a head coaching job as early 
as 2023. But for now, the Detroit Lions are renting their defensive coordinator, Aaron Glenn, because his time as a head coach is coming. All right, we're back in this podcast space. Football is back, but there are a couple of stories that unfolded while we were gone that are worth bringing up again. The Houston Texans, who traded three draft picks to Cleveland for the rights to go draft the Alabama wide receiver, John Mechie III. Mechie was diagnosed over the weekend with a treatable form of leukemia. It's the best form to get. And fortunately, he's in a great city to fight that illness. He's got the MD Anderson Cancer Center, which is the number one ranked cancer center in the world, right there in the city. He's got the Houston Texans there who will be able to help him out. And so Mechie is in a great spot to fight this. And here's a young player who already was having to overcome the adversity of the torn ACL that he suffered last season that caused him to fall into the second round of the draft. But we are pulling for and rooting for John Mechie III as he battles his form of leukemia and makes his way back to the playing field. And we have no doubt that he will be back. Also, while we were gone, the former Colorado wide receiver who wound up becoming the first-round draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Charles Johnson, passed away. What a nice young man. Great guy. Charles Johnson was. When I started covering football out in Denver in 1990, one of the very first players that I came across and the first player that I ever wrote a lengthy feature about was none other than Charles Johnson. And when I saw last week that he had passed away, I did a double take and stopped in my tracks. Like I couldn't believe it. It was hard for me to imagine that this player who I had covered in college I sat down in his college dorm room to write an extensive feature about had left us way too soon at the age of 50, which is amazing to me. And the Colorado SID, the longtime fixture of that athletic department, Dave Platty, sent me the story that I wrote about Charles Johnson back in December of 1990. It ran in the Rocky Mountain News, December 23rd. And it's headline, new family, new life, tough times behind him. Johnson starts anew at CU. It was the longest piece that I had written in my young newspaper career. And Charles Johnson was kind enough to welcome me into his life and to talk about him attempting suicide in high school. And this was a story a little bit about mental illness 32 years ago, before it was acceptable to be talking about it. And it was very brave and courageous of him to talk about how difficult his life was and the circumstances that he had to overcome, but he did it. And he became a star at Colorado and he became a great player in the NFL, a first round draft pick, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's just hard to believe that at the age of 50, Charles Johnson is gone. My thoughts are with his family, his friends, we lost a great guy there, Charles Johnson. Very sorry to hear that news. All right, we're going to be back next week with another Adam Schefter podcast. We are scheduled to be joined by one of the new Hall of Fame inductees, Leroy Butler, the man that created, believe it or not, the Lambo Leap. He'll be joining us to talk about going in to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Next week should be a great conversation with the great Leroy Butler. 
Want to thank Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning into another Adam Schefter podcast. Until we are joined by Leroy Butler next week, have a great week, everybody. Be well and stay safe. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.